Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Ben-Murgy. Welcome to You Hope It's So, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. This one I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it because my sister-in-law, uh, her mother came from Glace Bay, Celia. She was the, the Bullions, which is the, ma- the married name. So what happened with her is she moved from Glace Bay to Montreal, from Montreal to Toronto. And uh, I thought, Glace Bay? Wow. What goes on in Glace Bay? So I was um, working for uh, the CBC at the time, and I went to uh, Sydney. And we had something we had to do there. And I, I said to the person who was driving me around, I said, is there a synagogue in Glace Bay? And the, the driver said, well, it closed. No, no, actually, he said, it's still open, but there's hardly anybody there. And all we could do is really drive by and look at it. Uh, when you look at pictures of the synagogue, the inside of it in Glace Bay, it's beautiful. So I, I, I sort of regret not having to be able to do that. Went by the cemetery as well, which is a very important part of every community. Uh, across Canada, every Jewish community, when you see a little Jewish cemetery, I, I like to go and look and see who's who and what's what's happened and the names, you know, Simon and you know all these different things. And you think, wow, cool, very cool. So uh, I, I've always wanted to talk about it and uh, got in touch with uh, Sharon, Sharon Jacobson, and she said, oh, I know about seven hundred people who could talk about this. Uh, so we whittled it down to, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six of you at this point. We may get somebody else joining us. I don't know. If they do, we'll just fold them in. But I'll introduce you to the folks. Sharon Jacobson, Judith Goldberg, Heidi Schwartz, Jack Shore, Mark Simon, and Lowell Shore are all here today. So uh, a wonderful thing. Um, I'll just start. Uh, Heidi, uh, you have something you'd like to say? I'm Inez. Heidi's my daughter. Oh, you're Inez. That's right. That's right. She's the one on this. Sorry. She's the one who owns this laptop. Is that right? Correct. All right. Well, then I won't call you Heidi, Inez. Well, that's a compliment. (laughs) All right, Sharon, why don't I start with you? Um, You, it feels to me like you're a certain glue to this community. What, what, what is it that drives you about Glace Bay? Um, Well, I'm, I, I think I'll have to start with a, uh, a reference to Fiddler on the Roof. To me, Glace Bay is like Anatevka. It's a place where you grew up and you knew who you were and what God expected you to do, as well as everybody in the village. I mean, I think that's how I felt growing up. Um, what, um, I think that's a good lead in for everybody. Um, you know, that my life uh, revolved around... Uh, going to Cheder five days a week, uh, going to Shoal Friday night, Saturday, going to Shoal and, and taking off school uh, for all the Jewish holidays, which could be quite difficult for the uh, high high ones, because we even did su- Sukkot, we called it, and Simchas Torah, so I lost like eight days of school at the very beginning. Um, there are only a few of us in each classroom in our um, you know regular school, I'll call it, and uh, so we definitely knew we were a minority. Um, we were raised to leave. I, I think most of us were raised to leave. Um, what, can, what else can I say? Um, oh, and Sundays was Young Judea, which was really important. And a lot of people went to Camp Kadima in the mm-hmm. summer. So I guess that's the, the Jewishness of, be, of living in Glace Bay as well. It was very tight. You knew all the the men and women, you knew the old men, you knew the old women, uh, you know, Shoal had its characters. How many people, uh, how many Jewish souls were when you were At my time? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Jack, do you know, Lowell? 300? 
were there 50 families when we were uh, growing up, but I think there had been 75 families. Lowell wants to say something. I, I just remember uh, in my time, uh, I, I thought there was about 40 families. Right. So uh, about 100 people, 120 people maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, people don't know that originally there was a call by the coal mining company in Glace Bay that said, if you uh, will give you free passage here, if you'll work the coal mine. So um, people came and uh, I would assume a lot of the ancestors, as it were, worked in those coal mines. But there was also a clothing store and different places in Glace Bay that were that were run by Jewish people. Right. Uh, Inez. Nobody, Ralph, I, to my knowledge, has worked in the coal mine. Nobody did. No. One man in the water for it. Harry Ostrov is the only one I know of. So what did everybody else do? They all went into retailing, uh, peddling, whatever. That, but well, nobody that I know of, except Harry Ostrov, worked in the coal mine. All right, Lowell, you have something to say there? Yeah, no, the, the main street in Glace Bay when we were growing up, just about every store was a Jewish-owned store. Grocery store, clothing stores. I think that was most of it, but... There were a lot of grocery stores and a lot of clothing stores that were owned by Jewish people. Jack. Yeah, there were a few health professionals. Mark's father was a, a dentist. Uh, there was uh, Dr. Green, and um, I can't think, well, there, there must have been some others um, as well. So I just went there. There was Norman Lipschitz who had a bookstore. <laughs> was it a good bookstore? Very intellectual. So how were you, uh, how did you fit into the greater community of Glace Bay as people? Were you tolerated, embraced? Did you interact or did you stick to yourselves? Who's got a thought on that? Judith, Judith Goldberg. So I, I'm probably, except for Mark, uh, and the uh, youngest person, the youngest, but except for Mark, on the um, Zoom here. And I don't ever remember any experiencing sort of any anti-Semitism or any sort of not belonging. But we happened in my uh, year or my um, cohort to have a great number of Jewish people. So I think there was a certain strength in numbers. My Hebrew school class had 10 people in it, which was really sort of unusual. And I, I don't, I, we didn't really stick so closely together, but we were very, very friendly. There was a, a very strong collegiality, as um, Sharon says. So we, we knew each other very, very well, and there was a certain loyalty um, to just belonging. Um, but the others before me may have experienced uh, sort of more negative things. That I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. Inez, you had something to say? And then here. Uh, no, I've never really experienced any anti-Semitism. Most of my friends were all Christian. Uh, I had one or two Jewish friends. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was dying to go to CGIT, Canadian Girls in Training, but I wasn't allowed because <laughs> all my girlfriends went and the minister came out of the church on Friday night. That's when CGIT was held. Miss Goldman, I think you should be at synagogue tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, I had loads of fun growing up and wonderful friends. And uh, one uh, special friend, uh, Brenda Shore, who is Sharon and Lowell's cousin. And the My two taught Sunday school. And Sharon was one of my pupils. 
Wow. So, so Lowell, you got something to say? Well, I was going to say, correct, Inez. Uh, Brenda's my sister. You're one of your good friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't experience any anti-Semitism either, but we had uh, a unique group, especially the guys. I, I can't speak for the girls, and Jack can uh, confirm this. We did everything together. We, we, we did a lot of sports. We had our own hockey team, our own basketball team, our own bowling team. We did everything together, and we were so close-knit. It was, it was one of the best memories of my childhood. What was the name of the hockey team? Uh, we we uh, what was the name of our club? Uh, Knights of David. Knights we, of David. Uh, we had we had our own club. We elected officers. I remember actually the very first meeting. Sharon's brother put up this strong, strong debate because we we were buying uh, sweatshirts with our logo on it, and we all wanted blue, and Gary wanted gray. So we argued for hours. So <laughs> yeah, we were just we did everything together. A, a heated Talmudic discussion, no doubt. What, yes. What, what color Absolutely. should the jerseys be? <laughs> Jack, you had something you wanted to add? Yeah. Um, yeah, I experienced a little anti-Semitism. I was called a dirty Jew in the street once, and uh, I think there there wasn't overt anti-Semitism, but I think there was some, uh, you know, lurking uh, uh, under the surface that we were all aware of. But there wasn't any, you know, any kind of demonstrations or anything that happened publicly that would affect people. But it was there. But we were generally accepted as being part of the community, but different, the uh, other, and we were allowed to celebrate our holidays and, and, and do things and. Sharon, you wanted to add something? Uh, no, I just wanted to say I, I had, uh, I have two things to say. One was in high school, a high school teacher. I wasn't answering quickly enough uh, a trigonometry problem. So I'm not going to name him, but you all know who he is. And he <laughs> says, he said, and my maiden name is Shore. He says, come now, Miss Shore. Your people know how to count much quicker than that. And, uh, and uh, we were also known, I think, that no Jews are poor. I think that was uh, a common feeling too. Um, you know, like, why don't you, he, he also said to my brother, uh, why don't you fix that fence? Surely you can afford it. Right. So there was a perception, a stereotype. And yet, and then the other side of this, if, if none of you worked the coal mines, you were the retailers and the, the merchants and the merchants and the dentist and the doctor, you know, there's, you can see how those things conflate, right? Where people just sort of go, well, that's who they are. That's the kind of people they are. And so, but it's fine, right? So, uh, Mark. That is true. There might've been, there might've been some anti-Semitism, but I think there was a lot of goodwill thrown out into the town. I mean, I remember my dad saying, you know, some people couldn't afford dentistry. So they, they'd show up with a big fish as one of the fishermen to the door. That would be their thank you. Or the clothing stores would give them extend the coal miners credit longer than would normally be. And I just think that, um, um, yes, there might have been some. I think even Lingan Golf Course may not have let the Jews in early on. Um, but things changed. And, um, and I think uh, the way people conducted themselves helped make a big difference as time moved forward. And I just want to add, I just have to add to that. Sorry, Ralph, that uh, also the grocery stores gave money to the miners when they were on strike. They gave credit. Sorry, they gave credit right. to the uh, miners' families so they wouldn't starve. 
Well, That's too much. I, from what I understand, in those days, the miners, the miners had to pay for their own equipment. They, uh, it was kind of an indentured form of work, or some would say slavery, uh, that people in the mines were, were subjected to. So there must have been some tensions in, in the town. What was Glace Bay like? Like, Paint a picture for me. If I had walked through your lives in Glace Bay, what would it have been like? Judith should do that. I mean, I, I'm not so great at it, but we the um, there was one main street and um, commercial street. But at bef- now it, it's a one way street, but it was a two way street, and it led um, all the way. It, it led up to um, another street called McKean Street and Main Street. So it just extended and extended, and this, uh, in some way the town was divided between the Catholic area and the Protestant area. So if you were um, going towards going south, like towards South Street from the division of Commercial Street and Main Street, that was considered to be mostly the Catholic, the Protestant area of Glace Bay. Although if, it, if you extend it to places that had small names, extensions of Glace Bay, sub, suburbs like Caledonia, there was a big Catholic church and whatnot. But then if you, in the other direction, it was extremely Catholic. There was uh, St. Anne's School, St. Anne's Church, St. Michael's High School. There were two high schools. One was Protestant, one was Catholic. The Jewish people in general veered to the Protestant high school. And um, so that that was a... Mm. That was uh, uh, remarkable in itself. As they said, there were a lot of the businesses and merchants uh, were Jewish. Um, what nobody mentioned so far that involves Inez is that her family was in the fishing industry and owned the large fisheries and had fishermen working for them and the boats and whatnot, uh, things that you would expect to have from an island community. And they were part and parcel of that and very famous for that uh, her brothers and her mother, who uh, was sort of a woman before her time, uh, ran a big business on her own, etc. And then there are all the side streets with all the uh, names. They ran from the very top of South Street. Um, they were all on the, if you were coming from South Street, they were mostly on the right-hand side. Some turned into the left. And now there's new subdivisions. I was there last year or the year before, just driving around. The uh, cemetery, as you said, is beautifully kept. The Glace Bay Cemetery, uh, the Jewish cemetery, and it's not so small, Ralph. It's got uh, two areas, and um, it is almost diagonally across from a main, major Catholic church. And... um, then there was a small area of Glace Bay that housed the African-Canadian community and right. were Jewish people who had businesses in what was known as the Sterling. And um, there was a, the only the dry, the dry cleaner. And just as a remarkable moment of mention about what it was like to have been immigrants, uh, Inez has an aunt and was my father's aunt too. And she answered the phone. She was the the daughter. Do- the, mother of the owner of the dry cleaner, she answered in English saying, New Method Cleaners, good afternoon. And she wrote down all of the information in Yiddish. She could not write in English. And it was remarkable forever that she could run a business like that. I I, I'm, I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Jack, you had something you wanted to say too? 
Uh, just in terms of the size of the town, to get a feel for it, um, most of us would uh, walk to school. The schools were that close. There's some who perhaps had to drive. And uh, the same would apply to the Hebrew school <clears throat> at the Talmud Torah. And the shul, most people would, would walk to shul akin to the way Orthodox and modern Orthodox uh, people do now in the major urban areas. Uh, for us, it was just um, whatever you would call it. I guess they called it Orthodox, but I don't know what you would call it nowadays. But, uh, you know, that's the way it was. But it was a, a small community, like Lowell was saying. Everyone knew one another <clears throat> for major events like weddings and bar mitzvahs. At the Talmud Torah, you know, the whole Jewish community would be invited. So, uh, you know, when you move to a big city and you find out, you know, there's only certain groups of people are invited to affairs, it's sort of a whole new thing. In Glace Bay, it was the whole Jewish community. And whether you went to Shul on Fridays and Saturdays and the holidays, or you went to Cheder uh, or Sunday school or Minions in the morning. So, you know, you knew everybody. It was a yeah. small town field. I just have, <clears throat> I have to add to this. I have two things to say about from Judith. Uh, the, the layout of the town, um, you know, you uh, next door could be these mining uh, houses and uh, you could you could live in a very nice house next to a very poor uh, coal miners house that he shared with someone. So socioeconomic uh, groups were close, were intermingled. It's not like you would never see them. Or you'd meet in school. You had you had minors, kids. But um, when I moved, when I lived in Toronto for thirty years, and I said, um, you know, they would say to me, "Ah, you're a hick from the sticks." And I said, you know, what I'm discovering is that um, you're more a hick from the sticks than I am. Um, I said, you seem to have led a very insular life in your neighborhoods, your ghettoized neighborhoods. Um, I said, we were intermingling all the time. We saw different sides of life constantly. Whereas, um, I guess these are my friends, you, you to me have not. So I didn't find the people I met very worldly unless they travel. And they even wanted their kids to live, uh, you know, on the same street or the block or not to move out of town, not to go to college out of town. Whereas we we were raised in a much more, I think, worldly way. And right. If I could say that, I, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Because, uh, you know, yeah. <clears throat> there's, <clears throat> it sounds to me like it, it was a whole ecosystem unto itself, right? With all the classes uh, cheek by jowl living their lives and enjoying their lives for the geography is what brought them together. The island, the water, the... The, the forests, you know, the, the, the winding roads. It, it, it sounds so interesting to me that the kind of life it is. But, you know, there was something somebody said at the very beginning, which is you were brought up to leave. I, 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 what, what is that like to, to, you know, if you're brought up in Toronto or Vancouver, Lowell, you have something you want to say? Yeah, no, I mean, my, my family was in the grocery business. And at one point in time, they were the largest grocery uh, company in Cape Breton, even bigger than Sobeys, who eventually bought us out. We all, I worked on the weekends in the grocery store, packing shelves. In the summer, I used to work with my dad. He ran a warehouse that supplied all our stores and, uh, and other stores as well. And uh, it was just, you know, uh, you have to go to school. You have to go to college. It was like they uh, suffered so much in their childhood. I mean, my dad had to leave school in grade three for the simple reason that my grandmother, who ran the store, couldn't write in English. 
So she wrote everything down or memorized everything that every customer that came in during the day. And then when my dad came home from school, he'd have to put everything into English and write it in a different book. So that's the kind of, you know, uh, Sharon's father, and Jack's father as well. They all, when they grew up, they had to go into the business. So, and not all of them liked to go into the business. So looking at their children, this was the worst thing that they could have done was to go into business. So pretty well everyone ended up in university. Jack Shore, you have something to say there? Uh, university was certainly part of it. Uh, the other part was marriage. You know, when I, well, like my group wasn't as big as Lowell's, we were much smaller. And so we had a group of, I think, under 10 boys and girls. And so if you're going to meet a, a Jewish girl that you might want to, uh, you know, go out with a Mary, you were extremely limited in place Bay and even in Sydney. So well, it was, you know, understood that if you're going to meet a Jewish girl, you know, you're going to be moving away. So that was the other part of it. Were, did everybody sort of, without really discussing it, decide we're moving to Montreal, we're getting on a train, or was there sort of a, a, a path for people out of Glace Bay, or did everybody just go wherever they were going, cast to the wind? I, no, they went to Halifax, like Halifax, Dalhousie. They went to Montreal. Yes, they did. They went to Toronto. Go ahead, Inez. I stayed. I'm one of the few that remained <laughs> here. And my husband was from New Waterford, the next little town, 12 miles away. And we so, just remained here. So you're still in Glace Bay? No, I'm in Sydney. Oh, you're in Sydney. The, yes, the, I made the triangle. Glace Bay, married a gentleman up in New Waterford, and then Sydney. I'm a, work, a lot of traveling around. And, and <laughs> is it so there is a, a functioning synagogue in Sydney, right? There is a synagogue in Sydney, yes, and Sharon is almost running it. <laughs> she and her husband, they're wonderful. Yes, you do, Sharon. So what made you stay, Ines? What, what made you go, I'm, I'm not leaving here? Well, I went away for education, but I married my husband, who was from Cape Breton. And oh. he was in his family business in New Waterford. And so this is why I stayed. Right. And Mark, Simon, you, uh, you're, your dad was a dentist and you're a dentist. Is that how this works? That's correct. And for you, was it like, even though your dad was a professional and a dentist and all that, was he like, you got to get out of here? You got to go do something out there? And um, I think it's when I finished in Halifax, uh, by that point, my whole family was in Toronto. So, you know, it was hard to go back to Glace Bay when your family left. And um so that was the that was kind of the easy route to uh, to move to to move to Toronto. Um, yeah. I still enjoy coming back. Yeah, you go back. You you take your kids. Uh, you have kids, I assume. You take your kids. Go yeah, back. yeah, yeah. I I enjoy quite a bit. And I should add a couple of things. I just want to add a couple of things. Growing up, a um, couple of things that were important. Uh, one was the Hadassah Witzel Bazaar, where the the Glace Bain and Sydney community got together, and they did it every year. Um, and, uh, and it came to the point, not only did the Jewish, everyone Jewish work in it, but it came to a point where a lot of non-Jewish also helped to work in the, uh, in the bazaar. And, um, and I remember one year working with uh, Sharon and Jack's mom, Frima Shore, and uh, Frima was talking to me in Yiddish, you know, to tell me what prices, you know, to put on all the items. The problem was I, I wasn't really that great in Yiddish, so <laughs> I didn't know the numbers. I had to ask somebody else, what did she say? What did you? Um, the other, the other, I remember that very well. The other big thing I remember growing up in Glace Bay was going 
on Sundays in the, in the summertime, we called it Minyan on the Myra. And the Myra River is where a lot of uh, the local, a lot of the Jewish people had cottages or what we call bungalows. That's just the name for, in Cape Breton, bungalow. And uh, so everyone was invited in the community and we would go out and have a minion on Sunday morning and very Billy, they would, everyone would stay for the day and, you know, there would be food and, uh, and a good vibe. And that, that was really kept the community, I thought, pretty tight. You know, you wonder, because you, you get into big cities and there's a, like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, there's a lot more Jewish people. But somebody said earlier in this conversation that, you know, it's you know, Sharon, I think, about the fact that you live in your ghetto. You, you live in everybody being kind of the same. Um, and there's just something in, in hearing everybody's stories about being in the world more than, you know, in, in, even though you had a tight community, you you had to live in a world that was predominantly had nothing to do with being Jewish. And right. so you, you have to hold on to it, I guess. But on the other hand, um, I wonder if you, if there's a nostalgia for, for, there must be some nostalgia for, for your upbringings for, for Blaise Bay, because it sounds to me like you all still know each other and you, and you still have a bond. Lowell. I was just going to add one one thing to Mark's conversation. His father was a dentist and he's a dentist. I've been a dentist. I'm retired now, but I was a dentist for 48 years. And my inspiration to become a dentist was uh, Mark's dad. Why? What was it about? A wonderful man and a wonderful dentist. I have all my teeth except one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll talk teeth later. That's not my forte. Uh, Judith, did you have something you wanted to say? Talk about nostalgia. And we can go to these big cities. And and I I live in Halifax, but even here, the synagogues are bigger and um, not so impersonal now. The community here is even shrinking somewhat. But there are things that uh, I wrote down because I wasn't sure exactly what you were going to ask when you talked about nostalgia. One is the Glazed Space Shoal. When I was really young, and Sharon will remember this, and for sure Inez, women sat upstairs. They didn't sit downstairs until I was about 10 years old. Uh, So we sat in the balcony, and you can close your eyes and still remember what it was like to peek through a railing down to, to downstairs to see the men praying. So that's really from yesteryear, but that existed for us for a long time. And finally we went downstairs. And at the same time that we went downstairs, they exchanged these hard brown benches for theater seats that were uh, taken from one of the theaters owned by Jewish people in Glace Bay. So that's a nostalgic memory. And, uh, I also wanted to talk about, um, we had like events all the time for a small community of like 40 families and 30 families. We had a Mother's Day tea every year. We had, um, besides the Hadassah Bazaar, we celebrated a lot of different things, not just life cycles. And it was amazing how we could create that type of celebration that would eventually uh, result in us maintaining our identity in a certain way, as you say, aside from the general community. And um, in 1967, just be in the war, um, just before the war in Israel, we sent from Glace Bay a number of students, uh, university students, to Israel. And so the, that week is remains remarkable. You're missing Arnie Ian tonight, but I think he went, uh, and um, Nina Zilbert and Benny, the late Benny Pross, and, and uh, they went to Israel and they experienced firsthand the recovery of 
the Western Wall and the old city of Jerusalem, and they came back, and um, we had a big kiddush for them. And I, I remember that very distinctly. From a small community, we were able to send people, and that was very remarkable. And uh, Mark mentioned the Hadassah Bazaar, but Hadassah and its its own right was also major. Um, Shirley Chernin ran a Hadassah calendar for years and years. And in it, she highlighted everybody's every event. And um, my mother was somebody who kept track of all of the events during the year. And then in August, they collated all of that and put together a um, very professional calendar, hard to believe also in a small town. Another thing that I do remember forever is the feeling of that black banister when you come out of the synagogue and putting your running your hands down that black banister. <laughs> I've not seen that in any, any, any other synagogue, and it does stand out as something that uh, was yeah. distinctly it's, ours. It's and, funny uh, little things, right? The, the, right. The little things that make a life, right? The it's water like, fountain in the Talmud Torah, yeah. the behavior of our... Everybody Everybody's nodding. School. Everything you're saying, they're all going, yeah, I remember that. I, excuse me. I just have to say one thing. When they had bar mitzvahs, we didn't have them catered in the uh, sense of today. Every woman, every Jewish woman in town got a chicken and she cooked the chicken <laughs> and then they brought it and, and uh, you know, it was served and everybody in town was invited to the bar mitzvah. There were banquet tables and then dancing and whatever. And there's another funny thing that happened. Um, Jack, you were going to talk about, uh, a, we had several rabbis and one was uh, Rabbi Bergman and he was so befuddled and um, tell, tell it, Jack. Yeah, we had uh, interesting uh, rabbis and uh, well, there was the rabbi, um, well, you had a good relationship with Rabbi Mykoff and, and his wife and then there was, um, was it Rabbi Bergman? We would jump out the window at the back of Cheder class <laughs> and, then, and then come around the front and then there was each one of us would each one of us would jump out the window one yeah. at a time, come around and knock on the door, and he would let us in. <laughs> and then there was a Vijay Rosenberg, who was uh, an excellent uh, teacher, charismatic guy, but he had a real flair for the ladies. Remember, he used to he used to kiss the girls on the yeah. cheek, and he would slap the boys on the face. And uh, <laughs> but he played, you, but you wouldn't see that happening nowadays, that's for sure. Yeah, no. no. And he would play uh, He would play down in the basement with Lowell's crowd, uh, soccer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lowell. I was just going to say, uh, Jack mentioned the great Halloween caper. Uh, we had planned on Halloween because we had to go to Hebrew school and everyone else was out trick-or-treating. It was, it came early that year. It was dark. So we had a plan. There was a telephone out in the hall uh, outside the, the classroom. And there was a, a way of pressing a certain button that the phone, you could make the phone ring. So we had a plan and everyone had their job to do and everyone had their way to get out and which direction they were going to go. So the time came, we uh, put the plan into uh, effect. The uh, phone rang, everybody went running there. Someone threw a rock at the window. Let's go get them and all this kind of stuff. And we all went out and lo and behold, there was a man outside, a Jewish man who was our uh, authoritarian figure to put it very kindly. He was waiting out there with a policeman. Oh 
because they were expecting kids to come by and maybe throw rocks at the windows. Uh, so I guess there was some anti-Semitism. Uh, right. In any case, we got caught big time. <laughs> All right, let me ask. We got we got to wrap up. I just want to. What do you miss most about Glace Bay? I'll okay, Jack. Well, I don't know if I missed this most, but it hasn't been mentioned yet, and it deserves mention, is the concerts. Remember the concerts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there would be, a, I guess, a concert at the end of the school year that the rabbi would organize, and uh, there would be songs. And I can't remember if there was plays as well, but we had a, a stage in the Talmud Torah, and it was a major event, learning the songs and then singing at the uh, annual uh, concert. That was one of the things. And the experience with the rabbis, the different rabbis for me, and um, and of course the Hasidandas and Shul, you know, the men who uh, maintained uh, decorum, um, you know, being uh, Mr. Begin and uh, Louis Davinsky, everybody knew, knew uh, who to watch out for and Shul if you were misbehaving. So. What else did it, <clears throat> what do you miss about Clay Spay? Um, I can say something. Oh, go ahead. Lou. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just thinking um, if I were to, to look back, I would say I left because I wasn't anonymous. <laughs> Everybody, you know, yeah. knew you, knew, you know, it's almost like no privacy, but I mean, it wasn't that bad, but just that um, everybody knew you and, uh, you know, you couldn't be anonymous. And uh, I guess the nostalgia part though is everybody knew you. Right. And that was wonderful. The, you know, the fathers and mothers and, grandfathers and grandmothers and uncles and aunts and all the children and the families, they all knew each other. It's like, I knew you when there's something about that statement. I knew you when. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, Lowell, you had something. I, I remember the thing I find most nostalgic is the, the guys and girls. There were a few girls that I grew up with. We were very tight. Like I mentioned, we played sports together. We partied together, even with the Jewish girls. Uh, and those are friendships that are very unique because I can call any one of them and we're all spread around North America now. Uh, and, and they're still my best friends, That's even though right. I have, some of them I haven't spoken to in years. There's yeah. still that bond that always be yeah. there. Yeah, always. And anyone else? I just, um, I'm only going to say, because uh, I know we're wrapping up, that I would paraphrase something that Sharon said when, uh, so I'm first cousins with Mark and his brothers, they came to Glace Bay and we put, they put a stone down in memory of his father, who was my mother's brother. And Sharon spoke and she said, when we were young, we thought we had nothing. But in the end, when she looked out at the cemetery, she realized that there was a time when we had everything. I remember her saying that that day. Oh, thank so you, that, Judith. That paraphrases it. Yes, That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's Sharon's words, but I just thought I'd say. No, no, but it's you. lovely. It was, from, it was from a book. It's hey, who cares where it's from? It's, it 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 fit the uh, occasion, Ralph, right? Excuse me, Ralph. Before we do wrap up, I mean, unless someone has something to say, I I have to bring my husband on because when he he's from Halifax, and when he uh when I met him and brought him back to Glace Bay, uh, he had a very funny. Uh, experience in the Glace Bay Shoal. It was another one of our crazy rabbis 
a different one this time. I think he was the gambling one. I, I don't know his name. And, right. and I'll just let Stanley say something because he, he's from Halifax. Yeah, but I know everybody. Ralph, I actually may know your sister, Claire. No, I don't have a sister, Claire, but I, I'll find one. Uh, no. I was at dental school when I used to be there. But anyway, hello, everybody. So back in the late 60s, I was courting my present wife and uh, the custom, it was customary to be invited up to visit the family, you know. So Christmas vacation and I was invited up to Place Bay. And uh, so up I come. And one of the traditions was if you came up and you were going out with a Jewish girl, you would go to show, you'd go Saturday morning services. So, you know, uh, off we went and I went with my brother-in-law, Jack, and uh, we were sitting there nobody really knew me and came time for the Torah and that sort of thing. And they wanted to give me an aliyah, but nobody knew who I was and they didn't know if I was Jewish. So it was like right out of a book. So what happens is eventually the rabbi says from the Bema, he calls and says, are you Jewish? And I said, yes, I, I was yesterday. And then, of course, everybody says it was like whispering. Of course, he's Jewish. How could you think he wasn't Jewish? Of course, he's Jewish. And, and the rabbi sort of overheard this. And he said, well, how, do I, how did I know he was Jewish? He's here with Jack Shore, a well-known liberal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my take on Glace Bay, is, aside from my wife, is that uh, it, was, uh, it was classic from Europe in a lot of ways. The show was classic like that. They observed all the rituals and uh, holidays and all that sort of thing. And uh, it was a very tight community, which I might add produced a lot of really bright people. When these kids used to come down to Dell, many of them were prize winners and leaders of the class, and did exceptionally well at university. Although from a Haligonian perspective, I thought it was the end of the end of the earth. It was Yehopitzville, which is the name of the Yehopitzville big time, and I used to use that term. Well, but, there you uh, go. Now you're on the podcast. And, and here I find myself 35 miles from Yehopitzville, but that's it's, the way life turns We're out. all 35 miles from Yehopitzville. That's the yeah. way. <laughs> all right, yeah. listen, everybody. Uh, Sharon Jacobson, uh, Inez Schwartz, uh, Jack Shore, Judith Goldberg, Lowell Shore, Mark Simon, I thank you all uh, for, for doing this with me. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And I hope people got a real sense of how special Glace Bay really is. So uh, you take care of yourselves and uh, keep the uh, the spirit of that wonderful, almost, it is Anatevka. It's a magical little place. I love it. Uh, and I really appreciate you spending time with me and sharing those memories. So take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been Yehopitzville, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at PearTreeCanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Benmergi. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host my own podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. And if you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, thecjn.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Yehopitzville.